Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm James. And welcome to the Cornwall Property Podcast, where every week we bring you the latest news, hot topics and guidance around the Cornwall property market. Stay tuned to be informed, inspired and to have any of your property-related questions answered by trusted local property professionals. Welcome back, episode 7. Here we are once again. Thanks for listening in, guys. So, as always, I'm Dan. I'm James. And we're here to inform, educate, inspire you guys uh, about property, really, and with a particular emphasis and focus on the Cornwall property market and trying to tackle that housing crisis that we we all know all too well about at the moment. So, yeah, thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. And uh, as always, thank you very much for all your uh, warm comments on our Facebook pages and just, you know, reaching out and getting in touch. It's really quite nice that, you know, we're doing this podcast, but also we've got our listeners that want to learn something. So just as a small reminder, you can uh, come to us on CornwallPropertyPodcast.com. But also, like I say, you can come on our uh, Facebook page and you can send us messages on there with anything related to property that you might want to know. For sure, for sure. So this episode, James, what's on? Well, this particular week, we've got quite a lot of uh, stuff jam-packed uh, for you. So I think you're going to be talking about some of the uh, market predictions there, Dan. Is this right? Spot on. It's a fun time of the year, isn't it? End of the year. People are starting to get a bit ballsy and uh, um, putting their, uh, their necks on the line and making those predictions for the new year. Definitely. And so. it is so uncertain at the moment, but not necessarily a bad thing either. It's quite good at the moment. No, and what I think is a good thing as well is that it gives you a chance to reflect on previous predictions and you get a bit of a feel like how how good were they and how solid were those predictions and again i don't think anyone could have anticipated what's happened in the last year with property uh, sure. uh, it's been a very very uh, uncharted waters uh, is a light term and where it's going as well but for sure for sure so yeah we'll get through uh, a few news updates market updates then we've got our property picks where i've got a commercial property which i'm going to share with you which is an old derelict property that we can hopefully bring to the market some new properties and houses for for cornwall yeah quite looking forward to seeing that one actually looks quite interesting spacious very much so very Uh, much so and i've got quite a good residential uh two-bed property that's got bags and bags of potential and it's also got some uh, sort of attached outbuildings as well which could be converted so excellent look forward to seeing those then so i'll kick us off so i've got some stats here so excuse me looking over here but We've got Zoopla who have put their necks on the lines. I think that Zoopla was one that I was quite interested in seeing what they had to say. So they have a monthly house price index that they reflect. And, and obviously they've got housing market constantly on their, on their website. That's what they do. So it's quite interesting to see what they have to say. But they predict a 3% rise in property next year. 3% wow. rise. As if it's not risen enough mm. this year. That's exactly it. So a few interesting facts about this year, this year's market. So there was an, well, it's predicted and it's estimated to be by the end of this year, 1.5 million transactions. So homes will have changed hands 1.5 million times throughout wow. this year, which is pretty Huge. pretty bonkers. To give you a kind of a reflection, Zoopla previously predicted this year would be 1.1 million transactions. So it's still quite way off. So it, it kind of give you an idea on how much you kind of want to listen and base your, your investments next year on this sort of information. But again, these people that are deemed to be experts in the market and again, they predicted this year there'll be 1.1 million transactions, but there's actually going to be an estimated 1.5 million transactions. So oh. quite a bit more than they thought it would be. Exactly. They also, um, they say, well, they, what they've said is that the reason why this this market is just still so hot, we obviously we were expecting like a, a 
bit of a cliff edge at the end of the stamp duty, but it's just kept flowing, hasn't it? Yeah, big time. It just it's kept ticking over. Momentum. And mm. I think still there's a lot of people trying to relocate uh, from you know where they were in city life and they're looking to find more kind of rural uh, places because they can obviously work from home, which, as we've already said in other podcasts, a massive game changer. For sure. And actually, that's one of the main reasons they put it down to. Apparently, 22% of people <clears throat> are currently still wanting to move. So, it's not surprising. No, no, no. And, and on average, to put that into perspective, it's 22 people currently wanting to move, but on average, normally it's, it should be around 5%. Yeah. So that's where that stimulus is. People are reevaluating where they want to be. Obviously, us down here in Cornwall, we know there's a lot of people wanting to come back down to this sort of area now because they can, they can remote work because mm. people have realised what, what is capable now and what they can actually do. I suppose it'll be a bit of time before companies can see their savings, but for those companies that are not having massive overhead of office rent anymore because their staff are working from home uh, and how much that's going to save them for the next financial year but also I know it's off topic a little bit but just the mindfulness of those employees like people working from home I know it's all new it's all exciting and people that have relocated they can have like a sea view or something like that but you know is it really healthy to it's be working from home and not having that interaction I mean for us we come into a you know a great recording studio and it's quite nice to do that and see other people but you know could it get a bit lonely working from home Agreed. time will tell i guess I, I i know people that have were in office spaces now work from home and i know they they, they kind of prefer to just maybe do a couple of days at home but the rest of the week be in the office because sure. it definitely isn't the same is it the camaraderie banter um, <laughs> the, the banter yeah, exactly that so i think yeah there's just getting that flow but that is a, a massive reason why these sort of fingers are where they're at yeah. um so the, house, the the annual house price growth was actually this year 6.6 at the end of september so 6.6%, sorry, at the end of September. So it's expected to slow, but again, the Zoopla, the house price index, believe it's still going to keep going on up. Um, what are your thoughts on that? How do you think? I, I personally, I think that it's going to, I agree, it's going to slow. I think it's going to be plateau a little bit, really. I can't see it to keep continuing. It just doesn't seem right. Yeah, it's an interesting question, Dad. I mean, I think we've had the spike of everybody wanting to relocate. I think there'll also be another part of the market where people were just too afraid to actually buy and relocate. But there's a lot of people that are renting in a in a new area to see if it is really for them. So they can always go back to they may be renting out their current place. I don't know in Reading, and they've moved to Cornwall, renting there, and the rent from Reading's paying their place in Cornwall. And they'll see, and then after a year, we might have another spike. But I think a massive proportion of people are wanting to take advantage. of these amazing interest rates, which I'll be coming on to um, mm. on my financial section, but I think I think the market might go a little bit more, but it has to start slowing. And uh, I've got some figures that actually show that it is massively uh, slowing. And also, don't forget the stamp duty came to an end uh, in September, and I've got some relevant figures that's really interesting about the amount of borrowing and mortgages taken out. But I think it's still got a bit more, like you say. But I think it is going to plateau at the uh, beginning of uh, uh, next year. Um, yeah. And just to give people a bit of context, really, on these <clears throat> these statistics and these predictions, so Zoopla have said they agree they believe a three percent increase next year in house prices, but at the same time, we know it's gone and exceeded what happened this year. But their prediction for this year, back at the start of the year, mm. was that it was only, prices were only going to go up one percent. Well, that is obviously well out from what has actually happened. So again, this isn't biblical. This isn't a, a certain. As again, I've said previously, we're not like Mystic Meg here, but just based that in mind but these are experts believing that that's the way the market's going to go but at the same time these experts also thought it would only go up one percent this year and it's absolutely flown so those are just interesting figures it's just really interesting to hear other people's thoughts and um, views on this but we'll keep bringing you these predictions over the next few um, weeks and months 
uh, just to see what others have to say, really. But that moves me on to then my second news story that I uh, picked out. So again, guys, if you're wanting to have a little look at these news stories yourselves, if you go on the show notes of the podcast, you can have a, you can see the link and you can access all of these and have a little read through in a bit more detail. But the headlines here. So this is uh, a news story which is based up up north. It's actually a Sc- uh, based in Scotland. But why I've brought this out is because generally what we find is the regulations generally get tested uh, and tried and tested in smaller areas and then they'd be brought out and rolled out potentially to the wider wider country really but so short-term let licensing now this is a new scheme and scotland are actually going to begin licensing short-term let so what is a short-term let a short-term let is like a holiday let or um, what we call as a, a serviced apartment or a serviced accommodation where you're not signing a long-term ast contract assured short-hold tenancy contract, so like six, 12 months. No, you're staying there for a week, a weekend, or a couple of weeks, whatever. But it's a short-term let's will look now to be on a, a registration scheme, a licensing scheme, similar to like the HMOs, the Houses of Multiple Occupancy. So why why would they do that? Well, generally it's for getting a bit more restriction, a bit more control over these types of properties. Mm-hmm. So for example, down here in Cornwall, which is why I brought this, this topic up, is as we all know, there are a lot of uh, homes uh, on the holiday market or the service accommodation market, but now these are going to be looking potentially in the next couple of years could be regulated a little bit more. So it means that like HMOs, so student houses or shared multiple occupancy properties, so where you've got three or more people from different households living under one roof, they are already on a registration licensing scheme. Mm -hmm. So if you have a a property with five or more tenants living in these properties, Mm -hmm. you have to be licensed. Now, the similar scheme is going to be brought out for short-term lets. But why do they do that? Well, it's just a better re- way of regulating it, ensuring these properties are safe, they're up to standard, and it's their way of also controlling um, negative feedback, maybe from neighbours or complaints. So the amount of times that people will probably just try and flip their spare property over to a holiday let, but there may be issues, it may not quite be safe, they're not mm. doing it correctly, they're not getting the right compliant fire alarms and, and things like that in. So this is just a way of bringing that in and having a little bit more control as always, that's what the council want, isn't it? <clears throat> Control these sort of things. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think it's to do with you know standards, uh, really, because as you've said with Cornwall, many many people have just thrown a room in their house or even just vacated their house that so they can put it throw it up on Airbnb. Literally, if you're going to do Airbnb, I know people that have managed to take some photos. We've got good phones these days; you can do it very quickly. And you can have a a listing up probably within an hour, hour and a half, something like that, and have a booking that night. Uh, So people are wanting to obviously get that extra revenue and they can make a lot of money doing it, but they're not lessing professionals. And like you said about fire, fire extinguishers, all that type of stuff. And they could, you know, find themselves in really hot water. Example, they have somebody come and stay in their house. They're coining a thousand pounds a week somewhere in Cornwall. And there is a fire in the kitchen. And that individual has had problems trying to get out of the property because there isn't, you know, a, a clear exit or something like that. So for, for me, you know, people always think sort of um, service accommoda- accommodation as holiday lets, but they forget the major kind of like contractor market as well. So as you've got, you know, an area in Cornwall, uh, let's say Hale, for example, I know there's so many different types of developments going down there on the Key Harbour. There many, many contractors are being bought in from up north and rather than staying in a you know, a premier inn or travel lodge, they're actually wanting their own sort of little Airbnb where they can have their own chill out time, have a kitchen and, and do their Lonely. own. Yeah, exactly. But again, you know, it needs standards. So I think as a general rule of thumb, it all it needs to be regulated. And it was always going to come in at some point. And I think I've talked previously uh, in other podcasts, but Airbnb have already put to the British government because of an American 
uh, company that this is what they think should be in the in the regulations and they've done that deliberately because they know that the British government is going to bring out some form it's coming anyway but if they put this forward they know that they've probably got a better chance of getting what they want uh, in it because if they lose all they can of manipulate their, that the, the legislation can't they essentially that's what they're hoping I guess absolutely yeah. Airbnb are, are there to make money and if there's if the regulation is too strict they're going to lose all of their Airbnb landlords and they're going to lose revenue so yeah interesting times but I think the standards need to improve because uh, you know I've seen Airbnbs and the uh, standards are shocking uh, and like we know with HMOs you can get some really nasty ones so I feel Definitely. quite passionate about that actually yeah no I think it's the right thing and again what well, to give you an idea so again these are the dates that we're putting here so the the licensing scheme is going to be rolled out from October the 1st 2022 so next October now existing hosts and operators they'll have until the 1st of April the following year so 1st of April 2023 that is when they have to have applied for their licenses by so they can continue operating operating until that date, but that is they have to be licensed by that date. And essentially, it's the onus now on the Scottish government to get that scheme up and running, finalised. This is all the sort of things we want to have criteria in terms mm. of what boxes need to be ticked for these uh, these properties. But again, it's just a really interesting one that caught my eye, especially with it. we know how much uh, or how many holiday lets there are and service apartments there are in in Cornwall these days. But I think it, that will be good. To, to maybe narrow that market down and, and to maybe deter a few people because they can't just do it nice and flippantly. They have to have it licensed. Um, no. Obviously, this isn't happening right this second, but sure. it's, it's, with this being launched in Scotland, it's only a matter of time that it gets rolled out further. Yeah, and also just to add on to that, I know that this past year has been amazing for holiday lets and uh, hotels, all that type of stuff. But previously, as... Airbnbs have become more and more popular where people are just renting out their rooms and houses without the right insurance. They've actually taken away a lot of business for the locals, for like hotels who are doing things properly and pay, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds across the board to make sure that their businesses are, you know, in in the right regulations compliant. and mm. compliant with the fire regs and everything. So I think if there are regulation, you'll get sort of the Airbnb sort of think, you know, I just don't, I can't be bothered to do all of that and actually do things properly so it will actually give some of the market share back to those uh, you know local businesses so I think that'll be really good because as you know with the podcast we're very much for the local people here not just with accommodation but local businesses as well so I think it's a thumbs up from my side for sure for sure well that is those were the two that brought my attention and over to you then James so mortgage updates exciting yeah. stuff yeah mortgages and just generally finance uh things that I've managed to find out in the past week and uh, as always we always say you know do seek professional um, financial advice whatever you do and it's part of your power team there getting a good mortgage broker who can advise you but uh, yeah if we look at some of the headlines that I've seen in the last seven days then so mortgage borrowing dips to low points since July um, and these showings are basically 1.6 billion pounds uh, was borrowed in October and wait for it this is versus 9.3 billion borrowed in September so why is that well we remember earlier on uh, when I was talking with Dan we talked talks about that stamp duty uh the stamp duty came to that end there in september that was the end of it 31st of um, september the stamp duty uh, relief there came to an end and that's where everybody was sort of squeezing in there to get you know their mortgage uh and their their, their house uh, without having to pay stamp duty i mean it's a huge cost isn't it down there mm. especially if you're investing in property it's a it's a cost that you can't really escape and in many cases you can be paying up to five grand can't you oh massively yeah and, and, and those numbers speak a lot so 
9.3 billion borrowed in September versus 1.6 billion borrowed in October. Still a lot of borrowing, but still that stimulus is of the, the stamp duty holiday or the, there was still a stamp duty to be paid, but it was just relaxed ever so slightly in certain areas on depending on the values, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, when have you ever seen the government sort of giving, you know, uh, discounts on stamp duty? It's never happened in, you know, in the last couple of, in fact, I can't ever remember a time. I can remember little bits of discounts, but where they actually say you don't pay stamp duty, yeah. uh, I think is just amazing. And people will never get that opportunity again. So that's why it's been like that. But then again, 1.6 billion, you know, that is still, uh, that's up by about 4% uh, from uh, this time last year uh, in the October. So it's still pretty buoyant. And, you know, the question is why? Uh, I would probably say that's because interest rates are still very, very attractive and people are trying to get, you know, a deal on a two, five or even 25 year fixed, um, you know, so they can take advantage of those rates, which sure. is really good. So... Uh, another headline as well, the Finance Conduct Authority calls on lenders to amend criteria to help mortgage prisoners. Now, for those of you who don't know what a mortgage prisoner is, it's not a nice position to be in, but basically you'll be lucky enough to get a mortgage at a certain rate, and then that will be so, sort of for a two or five year fix. And when you come to the end of that term, you then automatically go onto a variable rate, which in most cases is a lot higher than what your fixed rate was. And they will then have a look and see whether your earnings have changed or whether if you're earning you know, less than what you were before, for whatever reason, maybe you'd lost a job or your partner's changed jobs and it's a lower salary, they won't um, allow you to go onto like a really good rate. You'll have to stay on that variable rate, which is a lot more. Uh, generally, you're going in the four, four and 5% as opposed to maybe where your fixed rate would have been at 2%. So your, your per calendar month payments are a lot more. So what the FCA is now saying is that they want to have a look at behaviour of people's mortgages over their fixed term. So let's say you had a mortgage done and you had a five-year fixed, you had absolutely a clean record, you had no uh, change at all um, in your um, circumstances. However, your partner had a change of job. She was on 25 grand a year and now she's on 15,000 a year. But because you've had a really good track record of never missing a payment, you should be entitled to go on to those... Um, you know, nice, attractive rates as opposed to being shoved onto the uh, variable rate saying, I'm, I'm really sorry, Dan, you, you you can't go onto a, one of the nice rates. And I think that's really good. And it's about time that, you know, for our performance, we should be rewarded uh, for the rates that we get. What do you so, think? Yeah, otherwise, you're just being penalised, aren't you? Yeah, no, big time. And if, they're gonna, if people are struggling to meet the, the current payments, well, if they're not currently meet, uh, having any struggles, well, if you start hitting the variable rates, it's going to be far more of uh, difficulty for them isn't it it's going to be a far greater difficulty for them to pay it so i think yeah it makes sense and a bit of common sense surely but, yeah absolutely um, no. so i think it's good they're opening their eyes to that and i think you should be rewarded for good behavior you know if you miss payments god forbid you know you're missing three payments in a row you're going to have the wolf knocking mm. at your door but you know if you've had five years you know that shows to the lender uh, i see it as very similar to your car insurance you know no claims bonus <laughs> you know you get 10 years of that you're gonna get better rates so why can't we have that with mortgages so i think that's uh, very good they're looking into that then finally, just on some rates, the two and three year fixed rates show a small increase across the board of 0.3% and 0.29%. Um, and I think this is nothing to worry about, but it is on everybody's mind. What 
what is going to happen with the interest rates. It's inevitable with the amount of debt and the inflation rates at the moment that the interest rates are going to go up at some point. And a lot of uh, the predictions and literature is saying it is going to be uh, in 2022. So yeah, they had a little bit of an increase, but I still think people are going to take advantage over the next couple of months. Uh, in fact, last month, first of uh, December tomorrow, uh, that they are going to be able to, um, you know, get a really good rate before the rates go up. So Agreed. yeah, watch this space. Be interested to see what happens. So, well, that's they're the market updates for us. But we, as you always know, we do two little property picks of the week. So, I have picked a commercial property. James has picked a residential property. So, if you're viewing on um, YouTube the video podcast you can access and you can actually see the properties as i run through them now um, if not if you go into the show notes again you can see the right move links and you can access the properties and have a look yourself but again at the whole emphasis emphasis of this is for us to identify properties that are derelict empty run down that we can bring back and help this cornwall housing regenerate them back to exactly that market that. so my pick of the week is <clears throat> Uh, is this one in Mullion, in uh, the, the Lizard, Cornwall, and it is a former schoolhouse, stunning old commercial property. And if you can, if I flick through some of the photos, as again, it's a beautiful building, very tall pitched roof, and it's just a, a standard commercial. It looks kind of like chapelly in, in certain aspects as well, like a big sports hall as well. But this has the beauty of this and why it caught my eye is it actually already has planning for seven apartments. Wow. So again, this old former schoolhouse could be bringing seven apartments to the market. So it's one mile from the coast, location's great. It's 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 a great development opportunity there for someone. Uh, the offers are asked for in excess of 300,000. So it's not too bad, not too bad. Again, do your own due diligence, do your homework, check the plans, go on to um, speak with the agents, Lily Crap and Chilcott and the agents on this occasion. But uh, yeah, just one that caught my eye really. Yeah, it looks pretty good. And I think the fact that you can, I know it would have been, a, am sure, a great school at you know, one time in its life, but the fact it can offer seven individual flats. Again, we're trying to help the uh, housing crisis in Cornwall reduce that 16,000 amount of people that's on the housing register. You know, that's another seven knocked off for the um, developer who does this. So it's great to give those properties back. So very Reed. good. What have you found for us? I've managed to find, uh, again, a really nice, uh, I say really nice, it's not, <laughs> but we don't like the nice ones. We like the ones that are, you know, uh, deserving some love and attention. I found a uh, Trelawney Road uh, here in St. Austell. It's on a guide price of £140,000 and it is a two-bed end of terrace, which you can see from the uh, photos that it needs a full renovation, but lots of value to be added. And it's also got some um, attached outbuildings there, which can create some good spaces there so you might be able to jig around the kitchen and utility spaces to then maybe make up uh, another bedroom or a larger lounge area it's got a good garden um, and it already has a upvc double glazing which actually is in a really really good condition and it's got the tick in the box for epcs which is uh, the gas central heating and i hear that the heating system is pretty good in there so actually i think it's more of a cosmetic refurb so you wouldn't have to spend huge amounts and i don't think there's anything structural in there but again it would bring a wonderful family home uh, back to the market so yeah i think that's quite a good one to get your teeth into and good price as well yeah and especially when you look at the floor plan there's definitely some scope to to rejig the downstairs and and to make the, the living flow a little better as well just modernize it but again it's an empty property very dated and it wouldn't take too much to bring that back and make it a lovely family home oh nice little project there 
So again, that property is on with Mayweather and Gross, and it's on for a guy price of 140,000. So yeah, those are our two picks of the week. And again, show notes for the links of those. But uh, well, that brings us to a close on this episode of the Corman Property Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And if you want to get in touch with us, James, how can they do that? Yeah, as we always say, you can go to uh, cornwallpropertypodcast.com or simply find us on socials on Facebook and you can send us a message on there. But as we always say, again, thank you very much for all your lovely feedback and making contact with us. Without you guys, we couldn't make this work. So thank you very much and look forward to next time. Excellent stuff. And yeah, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear all your thoughts and any feedback you've got constructive. We'll always take it on board. And uh, yeah, thank you again. And we'll see you next time. It's uh, bye from me. Bye from me as well. Bye-bye now. Oh,